Hello, and welcome to Books the Podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Hell yeah. Even though I've been reading on an iPad recently. What in the world? Yeah. Why didn't you get a vintage copy of the Andromeda Strain? I tried to, but... Then I could just get an ebook from the library. An electronic book. You hear, Tom? Mm-hmm. Here's some breaking news in uh, yeah. the book world. Uh huh. The New York public library systems have oh, abolished yeah. late fees. Yes, I should have just gone and stolen a book, right? Well, if if we're thinking about uh, Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got real late fees towards the end, right? And then, like, two years later, they didn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, no. So, Tom, I think we should. <laughs> there should be a run on the library. So let's go get all the books. Take out all the books you want. Yeah. Just keep them. There's no late fee. Right. And then, uh, eventually, the, the, the libraries will have to close down, and then you just get to keep all those books. Yeah. There, I, I read a thing that had all the, uh, you know, like, the statistics of uh, uh, I forget what city. Some other city did this though. Like got rid of maybe late San fees. Francisco or something. yeah. I was yeah. about to say I think it was them. And it was like ah, oh, like you know, so many more people use the library because of that and stuff. And they're like, and all they lost out on was a uh, like a million dollars in late fees. And I was like, ah, oh, that's probably a lot of money for the library. <laughs> the thing is. Look, here here are the caveats, right? Uh-huh. Number one, uh, if you keep a book for, I think, more than 30 days afterwards, they essentially just charge you for it. They just okay. charge you like, That's like what a replacement fee. did, too. Yeah. And so it's like you can't go, you can't take anything out until right. you hit. So it's a late, it's still late fees. Yeah. It's just, comp- it's, it's like... It accrues like faster, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like it's also yeah, like if if wh- this is supposed to be for low income people to uh-huh. also enjoy the all the all yeah, the yeah, benefits not, of the not library, a, not be as apprehensive or, for fear of uh, having to pay a late fee. Or if you have five dollars in late fees and that's not in your budget, right? Then you just can't use the library anymore. Right. 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 Um, so as long as you don't lose a book, you're mm-hmm. fine. Like, yeah. uh, or keep a book for yourself. I'm going to keep a lot of these books on my shelves. <laughs> uh, I don't, it doesn't apply to the eBooks though, Tim. And I'm worried because I think they just claw them back. To, um, I know. And I think, uh, they're going to be clawing this back. Soon. Well, you can't get a fee for keeping an eBook. I know, They'll but I should it. be able to be like, yeah, I'll pay the fee. Wink, wink. And they, you know, you can just renew it if it's available. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be gonna, available. I don't, Tim, it's featured on Books the Podcast. Yeah. There's probably a run on it's these. getting the Books the Podcast bump. The publisher Michael probably Crichton, had to do another printing. Yeah, Michael Crichton's estate is probably like, what? They're looking at their royalty checks this, <laughs> yeah, this what month. What the hell like, happened? Wow. Yeah, is there a new Jurassic Park movie coming out we don't know about? It's nope. just uh, books the, the podcast. The books the podcast. The, the, yeah, two, the, the booksmen are, are, are on the case. Yeah. Um, it, at, <laughs> what I think between the two of us and mm-hmm. all the listeners here, um, one copy of the Andromeda <laughs> Strain has been checked out of a library or bought. 
how how far off do you think we are before uh, authors and publishers start approaching us? You know, like uh, like they would with uh, Oprah Winfrey and Reese Witherspoon. Hmm. Man, Reese Witherspoon's got a fucking racket, huh? She's got like ten rackets. Yeah, she really successfully just made herself into like an authority on everything. Yeah, just like a very. You know what? She was. Just very smart in, uh, and I, and I, he's not doing as good a job. I was going to say, I feel like Matthew McConaughey is trying to like copy her now. He's doing a great job with it. He's going to be the governor of fucking Texas next year. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, but and nobody knows where his politics lay. (laughs) Like that could be a great thing or that could be the worst idea ever. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, he's doing a great job. As far as like popularity and power, but I think Reese Witherspoon's like making money hand over fist better better than he is right now. Yeah. They were both in Sweet Home Alabama, right? Yeah. I mean he's like twenty years older than her. Yeah. Um but he still got it, except for a good smell, apparently. That he doesn't oh, have. He sm- apparently yeah. he smells like shit all the time. Has he stopped? Hanging around with uh, Woody Harrelson and smoking weed and playing bongos naked because I, I think know. that might hit his hurt his gubernatorial bit. <laughs> yeah, in Texas, yeah, especially. Um, but that wasn't why he smelled bad. I mean, smell like weed or bongos. He smelled like uh, body odor. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he showers all that. Yeah, often. he doesn't. Apparently, they had to they had to burn that Lexus he used or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom, you know who's being groomed to run for governor in uh, California? Who? Arnold again? No, but someone close to him. Chris Pratt? Yep. Oh, God. Yeah, right? (laughs) This is the last thing we need. I mean, when you Why would that guy want that? Like, he's another guy that's, like, building a thing. Like, he's involved in franchises now. Um, Tomorrow War is becoming a franchise. Right, yeah. Like you get all the money do you need all the power too? just just be happy with like yeah. millions and millions of dollars well i was gonna say though that's why i think like uh somebody like reese witherspoon is doing it right because she's like look i'm not trying to like become more pa- i mean she has become more powerful but i don't think that's her goal yeah. um i remember actually reading about how I think it was her like newish husband, like her or or like somewhat recent husband. Yeah, uh, that he was the one, and he's he's like an agent or something. Uh, that he was like, you read more books than anybody I know. Like you should, I don't know, capitalize on that somehow. And she, she doesn't like, even have a TV show, and she got a freaking yeah, uh, and she got a book club. Booth, uh, books club, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I feel like she's like uh, involved with some clothing or something. Right? Yeah, I'm sure. She's got a million things. And but, like she's at the point once you get once you get the flywheel going. Yeah, exactly. Then like you can enter any sector you yeah. want and just be like, Oh, my I have become myself a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Well like Jessica Alba did that. Yeah. I mean uh, to lesser No, I think she made like a lot of money. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like an absurd But it's not like she can like Reese Witherspoon, like the Reese Witherspoon name. Right. Look, yeah. Tom. Yeah, Jessica Alba kind of did Lies. it not just on her name. Big Little Lies, mm-hmm. HBO. Yeah. Um, 
What's that? The, the, the morning show on Apple. Apple. Yeah. The the Hulu show about the uh, burning houses or something. Yeah. I watched that one yeah. during the pandemic. Things were rough. Um, there wasn't a lot of new stuff coming yeah. out. Um, she's playing. She's playing yeah, the field. Yeah. yeah. She's not uh, loyal to any particular. No, uh, and streamer. everybody's like, okay, we'll take it. And guess what? You we get an get executive Re- producer. We gotta get on too. the Reese Witherspoon train. Yeah. She should come out with an album. There's no money in the music industry anymore. <laughs> but what, that's right what I'm saying. Daniel like, X pocket. I think she's like low key, like in she's like not being perceived as like greedy, right? Not, not being perceived as like oh, she's like got her hands in too many pies now. She's like trying to make money off this and that. Like no, people still love her. People love her possibly even more than ever. Even though she got pulled over, or her husband got pulled over one time for drunk driving, mm-hmm. and she said to the cop, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> right. And they got it on tape, but everybody was just like, "Oh, does he know? Well, who he is? Yeah, does he? Uh, is he part of her book club? We need to know." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Therese Witherspoon. I love it when uh, people like that get caught on tape literally saying, Do you know, Do you know who, who I, I am? am? Especially when it's like, You're Reese Witherspoon. If he, if by sight he doesn't know who you are, he doesn't know who you yeah. are, yeah, or he doesn't care. So, and also, know. this was like before the Reese that mm. we're seeing right now. He was like the girl from Election, the girl from Fear. Yeah, that's Tom, I watched watched the last 15 minutes of Fear this past weekend. Does, has the the phrase, do you know who I am, ever helped? I don't think so. Right, because it's like, if you don't know who somebody is, learning who they are, I feel like it's, it's deployed in bad it's never deployed in a way where that would actually help i mean i feel like if you there's there's a delivery that can be less obnoxious and insulting like if it's like hey um are you aware of who i am do do you know do you know well i feel like i got a weird question for you Mm -hmm. do you do you do you know who i am like no pressure but like do you know who i am yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's used when it's used in the case of uh, like like something like that being pulled over for drunk driving mm-hmm. when it's like, well, technically and legally who you are shouldn't matter exactly. whatsoever. I mean, in most cases, I'm mostly thinking about if you're like being denied entry someplace. But and maybe you, you're like the owner, right? <laughs> and it's like, do you know who I am? I own this place. Yeah, but you then then that becomes more rhetorical than anything else, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, do you, you not know who I am? You you should you don't have to say that. You can say like, you can just jump to, I'm the owner. Yeah, please let me in. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, it's a tough world out there, huh? Hey, uh, how did we start talking about this? Reese Witherspoon and her book club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we, we're more powerful than her now, yeah. ironically. Just Soon. because we've never been pulled over for DUIs. I yeah. got, I got pulled over once because I was falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah, they thought you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they put me through all the tests and everything. 
They put you me through. You weren't drunk. You were no. coming back from a TV on the radio yeah, concert. Yeah, and I had had two beers. Okay. Because I told the police, because they were like, have you been drinking tonight? And I was like, I've had two beers, but that shouldn't be affecting me. I assure you, I'm just falling asleep. Because <laughs> um, they made me do all the, uh, the like, walk the line and touch your nose. Mm-hmm. And like, oh boy, I'm not coordinated. That that yeah. was scary stuff for me. And also just like fear and adrenaline takes oh, over. Oh, of course. Right? Like, yeah, and like I'm on the side of a highway doing this stuff. I'm like, oh God, like people are flying by being like, oh, look at this guy walking the line. Where was that show? Uh, it was in Prospect Park, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember anything about, like I've. Yeah, it was before we moved to Brooklyn, drunk. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that might be what you're mistakenly thinking. You were like, no, you were trash. Well, if, if you were there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I because I had to drive home, so I made yeah. sure that I was okay to drive home. Like I, I didn't drink. I had two beers, but then like hours had passed. Yeah. Um and it wasn't until I was done doing everything that they were like all right, we're going to breathalyze you. And I was like, oh, that why did I go through all this? That was mm. an option the whole time. And then they breathalyzed me and they were like, oh, you're fine. And then they were like, go get coffee. You shouldn't be driving this tired. Yeah. They said, like, I'm going to follow you to a diner. I want to see you get out of the car. No, you're thinking of our friend Paul. They did that to him and uh, and he didn't do it. And they pulled him over again. <laughs> And they were like, what are you doing, pal? Like, we told you we were being cool. <laughs> and he didn't go get a coffee. Hmm. Uh, no, I, I did go and get, like, I don't know, a Red Bull or something. Yeah. I like, And, you know, they had, they had asked me, uh, like, how where I was going. And, like, I wasn't that far. So it was like a calculated. Tom, mm-hmm. I was reading a Reddit thread mm-hmm. the other day. And it was in the Ask Reddit uh, subreddit. Yeah. And it was, what was, what's the quickest way, quickest, easiest way to ruin your life? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I wanted to hear people's sob stories about, right? <laughs> and somebody wrote, like, just like cocaine. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I'll do it. But then somebody wrote, uh-huh. and I, Tom, I'm not a drugs person. I've never done cocaine. Yeah. Somebody wrote, although, uh, you know, I've seen people, I, I forget, I was reading something recently. And they were pointing out, which, which you know, it seems like it must be true, that they're like, eh, a lot of people do cocaine, they're fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not a risk I want to take. Yeah, However, yeah. ultimately, it's like, well, if there's only, you don't want to do anything if it's like, well, there's only a one in 10 chance I'll become addicted yeah. and it'll ruin my a life. A lot of people go like uh, like cliff diving or, or wear yeah. those flying squirrel suits and right. they don't die, but like, I'm not going to do that stuff. Um somebody wrote in the comments like people are putting fentanyl in the cocaine nowadays exactly. too. but somebody's like yeah it could ruin your life or you could be like me where i did it one time mm-hmm. and became hyper focused and that's how i realized i had adhd ah. and i went and got properly medicated for it and uh-huh. it changed my whole life wow. so should i i think i might have adhd <laughs> tom and i think i might just need to do like Cocaine one line of cocaine and just see does this make me feel normal in a way that I've never felt before? Yeah, and if so, then I'll (laughs) I'll never do it again. 
<laughs> but but you would get like proper medication, exactly. like safe medication. Yeah, or at least regulated. None of that's safe. It's all just speed, right? All the ADHD drugs are just speed. Uh yeah, but like the the newer ones, they've gotten they've made them so that they're like much much harder to abuse. Yeah, that's what they said about fucking Oxycontin, too. So. <laughs> but apparently they have. I mean, I think, like, the easier workaround in that case is to go to your doctor and be like, ah, you know, this one's not working. I think I need one of the old ones. Yeah. <laughs> and and they'll, you know, probably just be like, all also, right. Also, I guess I don't need to do cocaine. I guess I could tell a doctor yeah. what I'm experiencing. And, right. Um be like i've you know also read up on adhd and i think i might be suffering yeah. from that what do you think yeah and then maybe he'll just prescribe it and i won't have to do cocaine that might possibly be laced with fentanyl i think doctors should be much more open to just like letting you try things i think they pretty much are yeah, you find the right that's, doctor that's kind of true if you're i go to this as... guy tom dr feel good <laughs> Um, <laughs> he gives me a lot of leeway. <laughs> no, and like I, I'm not gonna get into the details here, but like I was prescribed something uh once for like for like a while, for like a year. Genital warts. <laughs> I wasn't prescribed genital no, warts. No, something for genital oh, no. warts. But it was something that I found out later uh from like another doctor that were like, oh my god, they were you they gave you that for like a year. They're supposed to give you that for like a week. That's highly addictive. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, I was like, oh, but I wasn't addicted to it. Like, they... so give me more. <laughs> give me right? more. I'll so write f- the fucking, fucking prescription. <laughs> no, but it was just like it was one of those things where like a, a you know a doctor was like uh, like hey, you feeling with all this stuff, and I was like yeah, like I'd you know I. Uh, I, I think for most people, it's like the optimal is like be on as few medications as possible. Yeah. Nobody's like, I want to be on more medications. But so in this case, I was hey, like, I uh, talked to Keith Richards, right? Of the Rolling oh, Stones. Well, hey, it works for him. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess get rid of like this thing. Uh, and it was fine. And like I said, it wasn't until later. And I was like, ah, but I think that thing like really, uh, really was good. It helped, but. I don't know. But everybody else ruined it for me. Then. Yeah, your genital warts came raging back. No, Tim, the the, the thing was uh, Oxycontin. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, it works. It's making me feel good. But I I mean, joking aside, and that isn't something to joke about. But like I did see like somebody I know complain about how they uh, they had like something very painful done. I I like wisdom tooth removal or something. And they were like, oh, thanks a lot, everybody that got like hooked on Oxycontin. <laughs> now they just gave me like four aspirin. <laughs> and we're like, here you go. Like, hopefully that will help. Uh, and actually, I had thanks some. Thanks a lot, everybody. That... <laughs> everybody who, who was addicted to a horrible drug. I had some. I had like a uh, uh, like a mouth thing done years ago. Not uh, not a sexual thing. <laughs> But like, uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> a better way to phrase that, whatever that, whatever I had like, you're talking like, about. Uh, like a blocked, oh, this is going to gross you out. It was like a blocked, like a uh, salivary gland mm-hmm. in my lip. Okay. And like, it didn't get infected, but it kept getting like, I don't know, stuck or something. So they had to like cut it out. And they were like, 
eh, it'll be fine. It was so goddamn painful after the fact. And I was like, nobody gave me even like any like, oh, this might be. Would you like to have something? I I just had to grin and bear it. Just focus on the pain, Tom. I had another thing done. Again, I'm not going to get into all these uh, details. How many procedures have you had done? And very minor things. This is like a very minor thing where where they were like, you'll be fine. It was like the worst pain I've ever <laughs> had. Uh, and again, no no offer of like, hey, you know, hey, here's a couple of feel-good pills. Just a few. You survived. It's I'm fine. not going to get more. But also, if like you gave me like three, I'm probably not going to get addicted. I'm probably not going to get addicted to the point where I'll, like, I'm, I'm seeking out street I drugs. Know, maybe. Probably, I feel like street drugs. It's like once, at least for like the opioids, it's like you know you you get them for something legit, and then like that's extended a little longer than it should be, and then once that's cut off, then you're like, yeah, you'd be surprised. You ever read Dope Sick? No, I don't read drug books, Tim. I think it's uh it's becoming a Hulu series. It might actually be out. Oh, yeah. yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a good book. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, it's a harrowing book, but yeah. um, I mean, I, I think you might be. It, it's a very surprising book. Yeah, how, and, and how easy it is. How quick yeah. and easy it is to get to get. Hooked. I mean, actually, like in both these cases where I had painful uh, uh, things happen and I and they hurt. Uh, I was more just mad that like in this person's case where they were, you know, given like crazy strength ibuprofen that like they that was even offered to me that they were just like you won't be this won't hurt at all and i was like how could this not hurt well some people are braver than you i'm a very brave man they're tougher than you like i said i got this other prescription like guys like like, me we're tough as nails everybody gets addicted to this why'd they give this to you for so long and i was like well i didn't give me more (laughs) <laughs> it was great. It was the best I ever felt. Right, you're reading the Andromeda stream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Tim, uh, I won't make you go over what happened. I think we all remember what happened last time. There we was a it. strain. Well, we don't even know if it's strain yet. Um, but basically, we're, we're now, the long and the short of it oh, is- Oh, somebody asked. Mm-hmm. There was a whole procedure where everybody had to get, uh, where he was going down the seven floors. Five floors. Five yeah. floors. Yeah, each floor more sterile than the next. Somebody asked about, what about the bottom of this guy's feet? He didn't mention that. He didn't mention, well, there were it like- It seemed pretty comprehensive for him to just leave out a big thing about that. Well, I mean, there were points where they had to like swim through things. So in those cases, yeah, the bottom of the feet would be exposed and also cleansed. Gotcha. Um, I wanted to give- but yeah, they didn't proper. mention during the other like uh, spray things. Like, did they tell him like, "Hey, lift one foot"? All right, lift the other. Might so, have been on the Discord. So that that's fair enough. Uh, so they're through all that, and now they're like examining the 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 actual uh, like the the satellite that's been recovered. Gotcha. Um. So uh uh the the chapter thirteen. <laughs> Uh, I forget which guy it is. None of these guys have distinct personalities. (laughs) 
There's not a single woman with a name in this book so far. That tracks. Um, and I just realized I'm like, the book's not bad. Like it's whole, it's holding my attention uh, very well. Like it's a page turner, but at the same time, I'm like, I there's a bunch of characters. Not a bunch. I mean, there are five people, five men in this, and it's like we're they're referred to only by their last names. They're all like, like a high school football team. Or yeah, something. they're they're all like different types of scientists, but all have like very similar personalities. Um, so it's just hard to keep track of like who the hell's who. It's not that. It's not I even, mean, most scientists have similar personalities. Look at Bill Nye uh-huh. and Beekman from Beekman's <laughs> World. They're practically the same guy. Um. It's not even that like it's hard to keep track. It's mostly that it's like you don't really have to keep track because the story isn't about the characters. Right. So it doesn't matter who's doing a certain procedure right now. Is that cool with you? Like, do you like I feel like you like procedural stuff mm-hmm. um more than you like character based stuff. Um I think, yeah, probably if... You I don't mean, like a hang. You like a, like, let's get things fucking, let's get some interesting I stuff I mean, ideally, on. I like both. Right. You know, that that's the best stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if I had to... The Bible. You got Jesus. You got Mary. You got Joseph. And then you got that whole crucifixion thing. Yeah. Oh, and then the apostles come yeah. into the picture. Um. No, but I guess I like, or at least I can like follow procedural things better than I can like character studies or right. whatever. But but again, I mean, it's like a very, you know, I'll take a great character study over a shitty procedural and vice versa. Um, so you oh, so you like things that are great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like things that are sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. That's a. That's an interesting perspective. No, I'm just saying it's like tough to say if you I like know, one agree, more I than agree, the other. I agree. Um, so in this case, uh, chapter 13, they're like, "All right, let's see what this thing does." And they've they've got, um, uh, I guess, I guess it's a satellite or like a sample. I think it's a satellite. And they're like, "All right, let's bring in a rat." <laughs> the rat dies. And they're like, "All right." Let's bring in a monkey, just to be sure, and the monkey dies. Yeah. He's like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, and then they uh, they send um, uh, uh, the one guy to go check on the baby and the old man, remember? Mm-hmm. They're the sure, two I survivors. Remember. The baby... There's just kind of nothing. Superpowers yet? No, it's like this baby just seems normal and we can't really talk to it. I mean, we can talk to it. It won't answer back, though. How old is the baby again? It's like an infant. Okay. Um, And then, uh, uh, oh, they're kept. So they're like in these rooms. And for them to get in the rooms, there's basically like they explain it as like, you know, when uh, like in a movie or something, somebody's like handling radioactive material so they have to like put their hands in gloves that mm-hmm. are in a box yeah uh homer simpson does that in the beginning of, in the opening credits exactly yeah that same thing um they they do that in some of these cases but in some of them the glove is like a suit 
that so you can like crawl into like a tunnel well, that makes and then sense. you're like yeah. in the suit. Like you're like in like a little snake thing in the, yeah. in the box. Yeah. In yeah. the room or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, now I'm standing up in the suit and it's like, cool. Now I'm in the suit. So I didn't have to like go through a bunch of like right. chambers to, you know, I could just hop in and out of the suit. Yeah. But whoever the last guy in the suit was, like your face is where his face was. Like, yeah. I mean, I think they have a few suits and I think also it's like, not many people are. Oh, and they've already gone through the whole. Yeah, they're all. Clean. Yeah, you're so clean at this point. Um, I would like that uh, that descending five floors thing to be my morning routine before I leave. <laughs> I mean, it takes them like 14 hours to get <laughs> through it all. Um, and and it involves burning off a layer of their skin. Yeah, I mean, um, so uh, <laughs> I went to New York. I'd immediately catch something awful in new york city and die right like oh if you didn't have that first layer anymore yeah, yeah that first layer is built up some kind of crime of protection <laughs> exactly um so he goes in and he's like ordering all these tests and stuff um and he's like oh i think this uh this old man is just like asleep not in a coma because of his like brainwave signals or whatever so he says he presses on his suborbital notch. Which I don't know what that. Oh, you know what that is? Do I? I looked it up, and it was like the area below your eyebrow. I'm like your eyeball. Tim's feeling that area right now. I mean, it basically he has something. It basically sounds like he pressed on that, and the old man was like, "Ah, all right, fine, I'm up." Uh. He like orders some tests and stuff. Um, oh no, the guy doesn't get up yet. He's just kind of like or whatever. But it's like he's not. He's not in a uh, coma. Uh, chapter fifteen. Now we're with one of these other knuckleheads. They're uh, they've got robot controlled hands out. Now this is pretty cool. It's basically it's like uh, they need to get samples. Uh, so, uh, oh, what did I skip a part? Probably. <laughs> well, they were like examining, uh, the, the, the satellite, like with, you know, very high powered microscopes going, going over it like uh millimeter by millimeter to, to find any, anything. And like, even at one point they find something and they're very excited about it, but they like keep their cool and they're like, all right. We got to keep examining the whole. We can't just be like, oh, look, and like focus on that. So this now, book seems really boring. It, it is and it isn't. Okay. Um, Something exciting happened, but nobody acknowledges it, and they continue doing boring things for a while. Yeah, basically. Um, so, but now they've, they, you know, they're like, all right, we checked everything. This is the most interesting part let's examine it so they've got like these um like gloves i guess the exciting thing that happens isn't all that exciting well but it's getting there uh gloves that like uh turn their movements it's like microscopic movements so Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool so they can like you know uh cut this stuff and was that real technology it sounds like it because it sounds like it was all like pretty mechanical um 
So they find this like little tiny rock that seems to have dented the uh, the satellite. So they're not sure if this is what like knocked it out of orbit, but whatever it is, it it's unique. So they're they're examining it, and they find that it has these like green patches on it. It's like black with green patches under like a microscope. And the green patches will like suddenly turn purple and then the whole thing will grow a little bit. Hmm. So they're like, all right, that seems like that's weird. That seems like an organism. That seems like it's alive. That's what we're going to study. At one point, one of the guys is like, what if this little thing is like a planet? What if that's like a whole goddamn planet, you know, of like little tiny guys Mm -hmm. in there? Which is something they've like talked about earlier. That so I feel like that's like spores and maybe stuff, yeah. leading somewhere. Um, we go back to the to the sicko uh, killing rats and freaking chimps and uh, well, they're Reese's monkeys. Okay, they're not chimps. I think peanut they... butter chocolate came together as one. <laughs> I think they do have chimps there, though, at some, okay. like, you know. You said at, chimp before. Uh, we, we don't have to belabor at this their, point. At we got disposal. a lot of books to get through here. Um, uh, so he, now he's, like, experimenting where, so he's figured out, like, okay, uh, whatever it is that's killing him, it's airborne. Let me try some filters between, like, a rat's, you know, uh, little container and the thing. And I'll start with like the the you know the the finest filter filter, and then get bigger and bigger holes, and eventually a rat dies, um, and he's like, "Oh, okay, so this is like a one micron filter. So whatever it is, it's smaller than or it's smaller than a micron, but mm-hmm. not bigger than a micron." So um, it's just like experiments, huh? Yeah. So then he takes one of the dead rats and puts it like uh, in his mouth. No, it's <laughs> like Ew, no, he con- did it. Connected to a cage with a live rat, and the live rat doesn't die. So now he's like, okay, so the dead aren't infectious. It, it, it you know, once mm-hmm. once you're dead, once the organism's dead, it doesn't spread anymore. He's talking about uh, bacteria. Uh, only three percent of bacteria that you know is in the 60s that we knew about were harmful it was actually kind of interesting because you know this is the 60s and they knew a lot less about bacteria than we do nowadays and like they're mentioning as you know is like more novel idea that they're like some bacteria is good and like i feel like that's like common knowledge nowadays that and he just specifically mentions like gut bacteria and stuff like that um and then he talks about how bacteria and humans like have kind of evolved together because like a bacteria that kills a human is no good because then the bacteria is going to die. Right. So like bacteria doesn't want to be harmful. It wants to be like find a host, find a host. And actually like that, some of the most successful bacteria are ones that are beneficial Right to the host and and allow the host to like live longer, um, and and they talk about how uh, syphilis. I didn't know this, but it makes sense. 
that like you know you always hear about like uh in history and stuff it's like oh this guy had syphilis that's mm-hmm. what was wrong with him uh I, uh hitler they said had syphilis but even like further back like you know there were like kings and stuff where it's like oh this person was a mad king they had syphilis right um i didn't know that syphilis used to be a lot worse than it is nowadays and okay. the, and and that that's why because yeah it's i mean like, that's that's what they say about well, this is virus, not bacteria. Yeah, but with but COVID. like with COVID, they're just like, yeah, like there's not like, you know, people are like, oh, it's gonna, there's gonna be uh, uh, worse and worse variants. Yeah, and yeah. they're just like, well, no, because if it just kills people, it won't be able to, to to transmit. So like, it might just the variants will get more and more mild. Yeah, so they can live. Well, like the uh, like the like the flu that goes around every year is like a variant of the 1918 flu that's just become, you know, a lot less deadly. We're pretty good epidemiologists, you and I, Tom. Yeah. Well, basically, you know, everything I've read, they're like COVID-19 is going to exist for the rest of our lives. Yeah. It's just uh, hopefully. Not if I have anything to do with it. (laughs) Hopefully going to become, you know, a lot less bad. I'm going to outlive this virus. You'll see. All right. Um, I'm going to be 300 years old. <laughs> uh, so now he's trying to like figure out like, okay, does, does this bacteria affect through the mouth, through like breathing, through the lungs or through More the skin? Tests. Well, he thinks about trying to put a mouthless suit on an animal, like a suit where everything's covered except the mouth. And he's like, ah, it's too much trouble. And I'm like, wait a minute, though. <laughs> Is it even possible? Well, you're talking about like rats and monkeys. What kind of fucking suit covers everything but their mouth? Like a gimp suit. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like. Open up the zipper. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think those animals are going to try and get that shit off them, though. Yeah, but they're um, animals. I mean, also, the animals are going to try not to get, like die of a th- disease, yeah. but they're going to give it to them. But so, but instead, he puts like, uh, like radioactive isotopes, like injects them in a mm-hmm. monkey. And I didn't completely understand this, but somehow it, it, that allows him to see how it spreads. He's basically like, my assumption is it spreads through the lungs, but, you know, he does this experiment. He's like, oh, yeah, there it is. But remember, this is like a recap of what's happened. Mm-hmm. So there's some. I don't know yes, I do recall. I don't know if it's even considered foreshadowing, uh, but like they mention in this case that they're like. The mistake he made in this is that he didn't examine the animals after all. Uh, he didn't autopsy them after he didn't autopsy the brain because hmm. if he had autopsy the brain, things would have gone much differently. So it's like he missed something. He made a mistake. Um, oh yeah. Because you know, they figure this is making whatever this is, it's making a uh, blood clot. Hmm. So he gives these rats some anticoagulants and they, uh, he gives like three different rats, three different doses. And the more he gives them, the longer they live, but they do eventually die. Uh, but for some reason they hint at like, Oh, you should have checked out the brains though. Um, chapter 17, we go back to the, uh, the old man 
the 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 uh, uh, yeah the sleeping Peter man. Jackson. He's alive now. He's he's back alive. Yeah. We find out that so we thought he was dead. It turns out he was just sleeping. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we find out why, at least for him, why he survived, and the answer is that he has a bleeding stomach ulcer that he's been told to like change his habits about, but that he has been like, ah, fuck the doctors. He's an old man. Yeah, I'm not going to change anything. Well, yeah. they refer to him as a stubborn old goat. Was um, like a uh, Walter Matthau and grumpy old man Exactly. Type? That's okay. that's the example they give, which must have been confusing at the time. Mm-hmm. We find out his, his remedy for dealing with his uh, stomach ulcer is that he's been drinking aspirin, <laughs> like some kind of aspirin liquid concoction. Yeah. And, the, and the doctor right away is like, well, that's going to make your stomach ulcer even worse. And I was thinking that, that like they have that warning on like aspirin, like don't, if you got stomach ulcers, don't do this. Yeah. So we find out he's also drinking something he refers to as squeeze. What is that? It is, he takes sternos, you know, like the little, uh, you know, you keep like food warm mm-hmm. and squeezes the methanol out of it and drinks that. What? Why? I don't know how he came upon this, but he's but he's like, well, it can't hurt. <laughs> the guy's like, no, it can. It can make you blind and eventually kill you. But it works for him. And uh, uh, we find out that what this has done is turned his body acidic. These two things together, mm. and somehow that saved him. That the fact that like his pH level is acidic. Um, we also find out again, there's like a foreshadowing thing that some computer malfunctioned and this paper got stuck in a bell. So the bell's not ringing again. This is like when computers had bells <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and paper. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, make sure the paper doesn't get stuck in the bell. And then we can't hear the bell ring. Uh, chapter 18. There's like a weird, like lunch and learn where like uh, every 12 hours they have to have debriefings. Mm hmm. Uh, so they're like, ah, well, you know, we also need to eat every, you know, probably more yeah, often. I understand or, why they have a lunch and learn. Yeah. So, so they're having a lunch and learn and they're like, just kind of going over what they discovered. I found this part, like the, the guys that discovered the like little tiny thing, they're like waiting their turn. I'm like, guys. Be, yeah. You got big news. You got big news. Be like, we found the thing. Hijack the agenda here. Um, they uh uh they're running shit under electromagnet uh it is funny to, in this book like they talk a lot about like computerized things because it's like so new and this one guy's like well i haven't used an electro uh uh not electromagnet electromagnifying glass ma- microscope electric uh electron, electron microscope. microscope okay he's like i haven't used one of those in a long time magnifying glass <laughs> He's like, I haven't used one of those in a long time. He's like, ah, this one's mostly computerized. You'll figure it out. And I'm just thinking, like, imagine trying to use, like, a fucking 1968 <laughs> electron microscope. Like, I guarantee you that that's more complex than, like, anything you've ever encountered in your life. Um, oh, but they also, when they go to, like, scrape the the green stuff, it, like, turns purple and grows again. And one of the guys is like, it doesn't like being poked. Hmm. 
Chapter nineteen. Uh, we're we're it's like uh, the pink slime in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Too. Well, that didn't mind being potes, but it liked music. It fed off oh, emotions. Yeah, yeah. Um, chapter nineteen. We're we're now like you know at a different uh, change of pace here. This guy Mancheck. Uh, he's a general. He gets a call about a flight crashing. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, he's like a commander, like a base guy. He's like, well, what the fuck are you calling me about it? And they're like, well, it it flew over that town, Piedmont, where mm-hmm. where the thing went down. And this is like a little annoying because this is like one of those chapters where it's like, come on, nobody's putting two and two together and being right. like, hey, let's raise the alarm here. That um the the pilot on 9-11 the the pilot before he crashed he was like everything rubber is dissolving (laughs) in my plane um and same thing this guy the 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 general like he goes and he like sees a bone at the crash site and he picks it up and he's like oh it's human it's like well what the fuck did you think it was (laughs) so wasn't a plane full of dogs yeah uh, but the the interesting thing about the bone is that like there's no flesh on it. It's like completely clean. So again, it's like guys, something's happening here. Yeah. And then somebody else explains uh, when when this guy's like, uh, you know, all the all the rubber dissolved, and the guy's like, well, there was no rubber in the aircraft. There was this new plastic that we've been working on. It has the same characteristics as human skin. <laughs> All it's right. like, yeah, guys, yeah. it's dissolving human skin. It's fucking. I think they made the plane out of human skin. <laughs> also, I'm like, what plastic lying. has characteristics of human skin? Yeah. And why would they put that in a plane? Yeah, why would they just use rubber? Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, chapter 20, and you know, this is leading up to in chapter 20, one of the guys like. I think this is Hall, maybe. He's like thinking, he's like, man, the good thing about all this work we're doing is there's no pressure. There's no time pressure that like we have to figure this out quickly. If this takes us a year to figure out, it's fine. Why is he thinking this? Because they bombed that town with a nuke. All right. Um, And he doesn't know that they didn't. Um, We find out that the key Hall has to like... uh, I thought I had said that it was to to make the launch to make the descri- the destruction happen, but now it sounds like it's I was wrong. That no, I think the, you mentioned that last week. Yeah, it's to stop the destruction. That's mm-hmm. um, like not only does he have the only key, but when he puts the key in, it's like measuring his like uh, uh, something or other, like his bioelectric signal. So that like it's keyed to him, so that nobody else can do it. Yeah, and actually, the way it was explained, it sounds like how like uh, like one of those uh, scales that tells you your body fat works because they explain that it's like oh, it's keyed for like roughly your comp your body composition. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's basically the same thing. Um, but then again, it's like oh, boy, guys. This is a big problem that they're like, so all you have to do to disarm the bomb is get to one of the substations. Uh, there are eight substations like, but when there's a breach, everything's going to lock down, but don't worry. There's a substation in every lockdown compartment, except there's not, (laughs) there are three substations that were not installed yet. 
So there are three places where like, if you get locked in, you're not going to be. So they're like, you know, be mindful of that. But that's probably not going to be a problem. Of course, it's going to be a problem at some point. Um, Levitt at one point, uh, he's like putting his suit on in the morning and he's like, it's cold. And then all of a sudden he's like, it's warm now. That's weird. And he looks at his watch and he realizes 10 minutes has passed without him realizing it. And I and I forgot, we learned, I think, earlier that he has epilepsy that he's keeping from everyone. It's good to have a secret like that. It's good to have a secret when you're like- you're working on saving the world. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have a secret like epilepsy where like if nobody's around and you have an epileptic seizure- uh, you'll just, you know, freeze in place and not carry out whatever it is you're being trusted to carry out. Um, and, uh, and, you uh, had one job is what I would yeah. say. Yeah. And then, uh, one of the other guys, Stone, he's just thinking about how, like, and Stone is, he's like the ideasman of the yeah. group. And he's thinking about brains and he's like, man, brains are fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, sometimes when I'm like sitting in a boardroom with all these like important, you know, generals and stuff, he's like, these are just 12 brains sitting around trying to think about how to kill other brains. <laughs> and he's like brain. And he's thinking about how they think uh, like uh, there's theories that like brains kind of killed the dinosaurs. Like, Dinosaur brains got like too big for their bias to support. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's kind of what's going on with us. He's like, a core of our blood is in our brain. Like our brains burn all these calories. Why are you telling me about all these brains? I think it's going to become important later. Uh, Chapter 21. They're like, all right. Blackjack. They're like, we need need a name for this. We need like a code name. I don't know why they think this is so important, but they're like, we need a code name for this thing. So there's like a, like a, you know, again, it's the 60s. So there's like a, I don't know, like an electric typewriter they have to use. And they're like, hey, give us a name. And only like a minute later, they're like the Andromeda strain. Okay. And they get impatient waiting for a name after like a minute. Wait, the, uh, the typewriter came up with the name? No, it's like it's connected to other bases. And oh, stuff. okay. So like some, some uh, you know, uh, people above them come up with the name. Like pretty quickly, considering. That'd be a cool job. Yeah. These guys do all the work and then you just name it. And they got impatient after like 30 seconds. Like, give us a name. Yeah. Um, what, if it, what if it came back and it said Beavis? <laughs> Beavis. The name of the organism is Beavis. I mean, this is the late sixties. They might be like, "Well, my father's name is Beavis." <laughs> <laughs> they don't know about Beavis and Butthead yet. Um, but uh, uh, then they're like, "Oh, look at this! There's like a bunch of other papers here we didn't look at." Um, I mean, this whole system seems fucked up. It's like tied to the white house and like 20 other substations that are like the most important locations on earth. But apparently it's like spitting out, not Cinderella's spam. castle at Disney world. <laughs> yep. That's one of them. Uh, you know, specifically Walt Disney's apartment in the right. top. Um, Jeffrey Epstein's New York city apartment. <laughs> yeah. And he was like a little kid. I think yeah, at this point, geez. maybe not even alive yet. Um, but they like, you know, it seems like a bad system where basically it sounds like, you know, it's like uh, like t- uh, 
ticker tape, you mm-hmm. know, with uh, that's how everything worked back there. Yeah, but it sounds like it was a bad system because it's just like spitting out shit all the time, and nobody knows when something is important except that the bell's supposed to ring, but uh, some of the paper got stuck yeah. in the bell. And that's, they finally find out that the bomb hasn't been dropped yet. Hmm. Um, and there's also like, you know, this again is like the author, Michael Crichton, winking at something that they don't realize the importance yet of, which is that um, a news item about an Arizona highway patrolman that was found dead. Oh, no. And presumably it has basically it sounds like what they're setting up is like they didn't bomb the town and now like the wind is spreading all this uh, shit. Uh, Tom, my heart goes out to all these people out there. Yeah. Well, because it is Arizona and they're in Arizona, too, I think, actually. But the crash happened, I believe, in Utah. So. So the yeah, southerly wind is blowing it down. But I do think it's crazy how this book is structured that it's like I'm I'm literally again cuz I'm reading it on like uh the app 75% done with this book and it feels like now is the inciting incident. <laughs> like now is like what but gets But Michael this... Crichton was would his counter would be but didn't you uh read about all the experiments? That's yeah. that's what I wanted you to get out of the book. But I feel like experiments. I feel like in in most books by like, you know, maybe like chapter three, that would be when we were learning like, uh oh, and it's getting out. Which I'm not, I'm not saying is a bad thing. I think it's kind of interesting because like now I'm like, oh, I don't know what the fuck's saying. Maybe this book's going to end with just like and the whole world died. Or it could just be like, eh, it actually it was it blew away and like dispersed enough. People, we, you know, they just, the government told everybody, start drinking Sterno juice <laughs> and, uh, and you'll be fine. Just make your body as acidic as possible. Mm-hmm. Just drink some acid. I eat a lot of lemons. Maybe the government would be like, everybody suck on a lemon. Yeah, and then you'd be like, oh, what is this, April Fool's Day? The yeah. government's telling me to go suck on a lemon? Yeah, exactly. I'll tell yeah. them to go suck on an egg. You tricky dick telling me to suck on a lemon. What's the deal with telling somebody to suck on an egg? Is it because like you're not going to get anything out of it? Mm, sure. <laughs> yeah, you think about it, sucking on an egg, like still in the shell? You're going to be sucking on the thing forever. And at some point, you're probably going to accidentally crack and you're going to have a mouthful of egg. Yeah. Just suck down that yolk. Hey, tune in next week when I reveal the origin of sucking on an egg. You're not going to remember to look it up. I'm going to look it up right now and I'll forget it by next week. I'll remember, but I'll forget to bring it up. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, hey, Tom. Yeah. Thanks for reading this book. It's, it's, uh, Real page turner sounds like. I don't. This book's so weird because it's so boring, but it but it is a page turner. I don't mm. know. He does like a very good job, like laying out where you're like I gotta find out what this is, and like it's never even really anything that interesting. But <laughs> that's com- the Crichton compelling. touch. There's no dinosaurs in it yet. Um, no. Hopefully they'll make an appearance soon. Before the presumably. Last uh, any last words, Tom? No. 
no, tune in next week for the exciting conclusion of what sucking on an egg means. Tom, should I just read Jurassic Park next? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to do two Crichton books yeah. in a row. Tim, I'm surprised. There's a new uh, autobiography by Lil Stevie out. Oh, really? Yeah. That, well, that hasn't come up. Maybe we, uh, maybe you read uh, The Storyteller by Dave Grohl. <sighs> People aren't going to like that. Why? I mean, they've really been loving on the other show. <laughs> News fighters. fighters, yeah. Yeah. We skipped it this week, I, I just realized. Wow. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We did it at the live show. Yeah. Um, anyway, thanks for being a patron. Uh, we love you very much. And we'll see you next week for News Fighters. No, for the exciting conclusion of the Andromeda Strain. <laughs> <laughs>